From Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. With painstakingly low growth and several failed starts, Germany has found little success in Islamic finance. Poor Islamic financial literacy and unsupportive regulatory infrastructure are some of the factors behind the slow take-up of Islamic financial products in the country. But the COVID-19 pandemic seems to have changed things. My name is Vinita Tan, the Managing Editor of IFN. And in today's episode, I speak to Bilhan Akbiyik and Emre Akel. They are both the founders and CEOs of Inaya, an Islamic fintech startup in Germany who has been around since 2007. Bilhan and Emre go into detail about how the landscape has changed over the last 15 years and what is actually in store for the German Islamic finance industry. Thank you both for joining us today. So Germany has a really thriving fintech scene. You know, it is often considered one of the top fintech markets in Europe. Um, can you set the landscape for us and really help us help our listeners understand how does Islamic fintech fit into that German narrative? Well, Vinita, as you said, uh, Germany is well known for its uh, fintechs on the uh, conventional side. So there is a sound basis of fintechs. There are like, you know, the, the most famous one worldwide currently. And uh, I believe that this is a kind of an indicator that uh, the fintech landscape for Islamic finance has a great potential uh, for Germany. One important information about Germany is that it seems to be just a non-Muslim country uh, with a minority of Muslims at the first glance. Of course, we should always count the, the non-Muslim uh, customers, but when we just focus on the Muslim population as a, as a consumer group, then uh, we have to mention that uh, we have around 6 million uh, Muslims currently in Germany. That's a high figure uh, compared to many. It's more than compared to many other Muslim countries, by the way. So uh, we believe that there is a high potential also to increase the offers by using uh, new technologies, fintechs, and, and also digitize the Islamic finance market in Germany. So to, to increase also the offers, uh, not only in Germany, but also uh, European-wide and, and also globally. Yes, I think you brought up a really, really important point, the, the, the large Muslim population, because Germany indeed has the largest Muslim population in Europe after France. Yet there are only a handful of Islamic financial services providers, including Inaya, right? So without enabling regulations, I would say it has been quite difficult for Islamic finance to really take off in Germany. Could you, could both of you, share with us um, the challenges you face in penetrating the market? So in case of uh, challenges for Islamic financial institutions, what we see is that um, Germany has um, quite high entry barriers, especially from the regulator side. Then on the other side, we have the topic of Islamic finance, which is uh, quite uh, new to the population here, um, especially because most of um, the Muslims here in Germany um, have a, a Turkish origin. In Turkey, um, Islamic finance is also a niche market with a percentage of around five. Um, so therefore, um, not really common and not uh, well known um, compared to, um, to other countries. For instance, the GCC, where we see that Islamic finance is quite popular, uh, or South uh, East Asia. 
In case of challenges, what we see here is bringing together Sharia compliance and the legal um, um, requirements from, from, from Germany. So this is quite a tough thing. Yeah, I just also wanted to underline what Emre said, because I think this is a very important. Uh, one of the main challenges of Germany really gets back to the uh, regulatory framework. Um, we have to notice that Germany being a EU member uh, follows, of course, in the first uh, row, the European regulations. And therefore, um, we also ha have a look into the regulatory framework of such as, you know, starting by the European Commission, but uh, going ahead to the uh, European banking authorities and, and security and markets authorities. But, but Germany, as the, as the local uh, regulatory framework, has uh, other entities and supervisories that are including further rules for especially uh, fintechs or other companies. And one of the challenges what we see in, in Germany is also the um, framework for um, taxation rules. Because, um, I mean, as we know, the um, Islamic finance uh, products They have their own uh, constitution. They are not known to Germany, especially not to the um, tax authorities. And uh, here are uh, some of the most um, uh, challenges, uh, potential of tax advantages, etc. And this is something anybody, any company who is targeting Germany has to be uh, aware of these uh, challenges, especially. So it sounds like in Germany, not only you have to go through quite a lot of regulatory hoops, but you also have the issue or rather the challenge of awareness, right? So as far as, you know, as being an Islamic fintech startup founder is concerned, what kind of support or what do you wish uh, would change or what is needed in order for you to better serve the market? That, that's really a good question, Mineta. Thank you for that, uh, because I wanted to get into that today too. Uh, let me just add one point to the challenge part, uh, because I believe this is uh, also very, very uh, interesting. I, I believe it is not only an issue for Germany, uh, but also for many other countries. But uh, in October, we made a consumer survey and we had around 390 respondents, uh, which is a very representative number. And uh, we noticed uh, with this survey that um, a very high percentage of the respondents were unsure about certain products. And this is like, it starts with stocks and, you know, investment funds, etc., crowdfunding. Uh, so it, it seems that there is a, also a high need for elucidation um, to inform customers about these products, these consumers. And I believe this is something that uh, should be done in a cooperation. It can be with global authorities, um, uh, including the standard setting bodies, uh, but also um, companies, organizations, uh, to increase elucidation for consumers, to inform them about the compliance of certain products, and just to give them a better understanding uh, of the uh, characteristic of the Islamic finance products. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. So this consumer survey that you conducted, is it um, for financial products in general or are you talking specifically Islamic financial products? Specifically, yeah. It was it was only for interested uh, consumers uh, in Islamic finance. And uh, one of the interesting outcomes was that around 
30% of the respondents were non-customers yet. So they are not using any, any Islamic finance products. Um, this consumer revealed um, uh, interesting insight of uh, what they need, what they're demanding, what their expectations are, especially uh, their expectations in cases of uh, suppliers and their characteristic. And one of the uh, most important outcomes is, and um, I don't know if this is special for Germany, but the consumers prioritize the certification of a supplier being compliant with um, Islamic finance is very high. So they, they want to see a document, an independent um, certification that proves the compliancy um, of a provider. And I think this is um, uh, an important insight to know about Germany and the, and the customer base. And there's much more, Vineta. I mean, we, we ask a lot of uh, interesting things and this is, this is important to know. It's not just about um, you know, like having a product and providing to a market. Every market, every country, every region has its own mentality, uh, its own kind of, you know, uh, demanding products. And um, this is what we saw also uh, in the consumer survey. You mentioned that 30% of your respondents are not customers yet. In your survey, did you also manage to find out um, the reason why consumers do not use Islamic financial products? Is it, I'm just curious, is it uh, due to a lack of supply or lack of understanding? Exactly. We, we, we asked about that because we are also curious about that. So we asked uh, those who said we are not the customer, but we, are, we would like to, you know, and uh, we asked, what is, is it depending on that you are becoming a, um, a customer of uh, Islamic finance um, um, company or provider? Um, highest uh, answer was that they said it depends on the availability of the right product. So it's definitely what you had as an interpretation that, uh, yes, uh, it depends on um, the lack of supply in, in Germany, and especially in case of uh, the financing segment. Uh, we asked the consumers about um, their highest demand um, uh, of, of products, and, and we uh, could see that the highest demand is for real estate financing. So um, this is one of um, the data we could see in the consumer survey um, as one of the strongest demands from the customer side. And what other opportunities do you see apart from, you know, real estate or mortgage financing? What other opportunities do you see for the German market? Uh, you know, uh, we as Inaya, we are currently working uh, on a solution and uh, the solution is uh, based on uh, Musharaka and we use uh, Ijara as a part of the um, financing cost. Uh, we hope that we can um, increase the supply in this area and also um, cover the need for a special product um, with, with the right uh, system of financing because uh, consumers, um, we understood that consumers are also uh, demanding a particular part of a financing instrument. Uh, so they do not accept every kind of uh, financing tool. They want to understand it. It should be clear for them. It should be transparent. And uh, we are working on, on such a product. Maybe this is, a, as a, this is another topic for another day, for another podcast uh, uh, possibly, but we are planning to offer to launch um, a real estate financing product uh, next year, inshallah. Fantastic. I think what is also very interesting is 
just the level of sophistication of the German consumers, because you mentioned that they really place a high value on Sharia compliance, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily something we potentially see in other markets. So I think that's a very interesting mm -hmm. point. Definitely. I, uh, I agree with that, Vinita. We, um, but, you know, this reflects also, for example, the landscape of IFN. Um, I, I, I did something, I did a statistic to, just to see how is the comparison when we include some filters, because currently when we, for example, compare uh, Germany with UK, uh, we see a huge gap at uh, first glance, right? I mean, we, I think there are three or four registered companies from Germany, and I, I, I'm not sure about the figures, but I think it's more than 50 uh, for UK. But when you um, filter uh, those companies who don't have a certification, uh, the fatwas, and uh, when you also filter those companies who are more in a, you know, like a startup phase without a product yet, like no operation, then uh, these figures are getting very similar to each other. So I believe in whole that the potentials and challenges for uh, Islamic finance fintechs might be similar in some some view when we uh, use these kind of filters. But uh, yes, as we said, uh, Germany has its own uh, specification and rules. And, and I think that that increases a bit more uh, the barriers um, to offer uh, more products. But I personally believe that we are in a, in a good momentum by uh, new technologies, um, by digitization. Uh, we could increase the offer, for example, for um, Islamic compliant investment funds. Um, I mean, five, six years ago, we had just had one <laughs> compliant fund in Germany. Uh, currently, we have uh, a bit more and it's increasing. Uh, just this year, uh, we could uh, convince uh, Franklin Templeton to list their uh, new technology fund also in Germany uh, to increase uh, our chance to diversify uh, the portfolio of our customers because this was also one of the biggest challenges in the recent years. So you mentioned the real estate um, financing product that you guys are working on. What else can we expect from Inaya in 2023? Well, another uh, project uh, we are planning to launch for 2023 is that we want to offer our um, customers um, an additional payment tool to our gold savings plan, uh, including a credit card usability and uh, just to increase the uh, facility uh, on one product to increase the um, access to um, liquidity and this is another huge project we are working um, for um, a few years now and uh, hopefully we will able to to launch by 2023. I'm curious to know what kind of traction are you seeing because obviously you've been in the market for for mm -hmm. quite a number of years now have you seen um, more traction a new shift in terms of like uh, Islamic investment trends or anything like that? I mean one trend what we noticed since since we are in the market is that uh, the, the demand is, is increasing. Um, the, the customer group is, um, is searching. Um, I think this is one of our biggest uh, advantages being a FinTech provider that uh, most of the con consumers are, are searching online for uh, solutions, are interested in Islamic finance. They are trying to understand why Islamic finance is important. And I believe when we increase a bit more 
the opportunities for information elucidation, uh, we will be able to attract much more um, uh, customers and consumers to understand Islamic finance and then also de to demand uh, Islamic finance. Um, another trend what we see is definitely that um, customers um, are using more uh, digitally based uh, solutions. They're um, getting used to the usability of apps and other advantages of new technologies. And I believe that will be a continuous trend for the future too. Great. Emre, did you want to say something? What we've noticed as well is that, um, see, we are in the market since uh, many years, correct? But um, becoming a fintech company, um, that was uh, since uh, 2015 and 16. And what changed at that time is that we focused more on, on digitalization and giving the chance to the customer to subscribe um, a financial product online, purchase a financial product online. Um, in the past, that was not possible due to, due to some, some regulations and law, etc. But um, in the past, I mean, Bilgan, um, he knows that as well. When we um, started, um, we sit together with the customer and we filled up a form uh, manually. And so um, that, changed, that changed in the past years. And um, before Corona, we had another um, survey where we asked um, the customers if they could imagine to become a customer of a digital-only financial institution. And that time, the answer was um, approximately 25%. Yes, another 25% could imagine under, under, um, circum under certain circumstances. And so that changed um, since uh, Corona more and more customers are used to um, buy financial products online, digital. Um, and so therefore, um, of course, Corona on the one hand um, changed the market. So people are more used um, to, to do all these stuff uh, online. And that helped us a lot as well. Of course, you guys are an Islamic investment platform and now that you're looking or to provide financing as well, I'm wondering how does that work? Because, for example, if anyone, any financial institution were to extend any sort of financing, let it be car financing or house financing, you would need insurance to cover that or takaful. And there is not, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is not a takaful provider in Germany. So how do you sort of um, navigate that? Well, we have to correct you then here. <laughs> so there are um, indeed companies who start doing um, takaful in Germany or in EU. I mean, the good thing about the EU is uh, as soon as you have a license in a European country, you can do EU passporting, which means you can distribute the product also in other European countries. And so um, there is uh, one Takaful company who started Family Takaful many years ago. And um, we were also um, selling these uh, products. But unfortunately, um, this company decided to uh, move to their um, core markets, which is um, Malaysia and, and, and GCC region. But the, the market is changing since um, also insurtech companies emerge. They are also focusing on um, supplying niche markets. And in that case, we are currently in negotiations with, um, with one insurtech company who is quite interested in the topic of Takaful. And we believe 
that other companies will follow could be from from Germany or from France or from other EU countries. We see that there is an interesting momentum, as Bilgian already uh, pointed out. And so this counts also for um, the insurance sector. Definitely, I, I definitely agree with Emre that there, there will be more potential. Um, there is already a trend, uh, insurtax, regtax, and when we all um, put them in a category, we also can say that uh, it is very important, and um, I think your question goes also in this direction, Vineta, that to be able to offer products in the retail market as a B2C provider, you need the B2B segment to be also available. And uh, this is something we see a lot of space in Germany for um, B2B um, providers, the startups of uh, insurtech providers as a B2B um, and but also other um, segments too, just to increase uh, the uh, availability of, of uh, different types of uh, Islamic finance products and solutions. I would like to highlight one point, which I think is um, quite useful to understand um, Inaya as a company. When we started, we, we always said that um, we want to be um, demand-driven. And so we focused on things which the customer should understand. Um, when we started, we had a handful of investment funds in Germany, but um, some of these um, were simply closed because um, the feedback was that these funds um, simply had no um, demand. And so we said, well, that's, that, that might, be, might be correct, but people in general, they do not or the Muslim community in Germany, they do not really understand the structure what a fund is. That was at that time. I mean, I'm talking about 15 years ago. Um, of course, new generation, they're more aware of investment funds, stocks, and, and, and cryptocurrency, blockchain, and so on and so forth. But at that time, um, we could definitely say that um, people were not really aware of these kind of products. And so we focused on gold because more, more than 50% of the Muslim population in Germany have a um, Turkish origin. And gold is quite popular in Turkey um, as an investment, as a gift, and typical in the, in the Middle Eastern countries, you have um, high awareness for gold as an investment. So we started with gold. Um, as Bilgan already said, the gold savings plan is one of our um, core products. And this product also um, developed. Um, so what we do right now is, and I think we are the only one in, in the market or maybe the only one in the world, which offers a Sharia compliant gold savings plan, which uses um, a green gold as an underline. What does green gold means? Green gold means that the entire supply chain is uh, certified and ethically uh, compliant which means we don't have any kind of child labor. We don't have any kind of conflict sources. We don't have any, um, any negative influences. And this um, supply chain, this entire supply chain is traceable via um, blockchain. This is one important thing. The other important thing is um, definitely, as Bilgan already pointed out, um, that um, we are working together with um, external um, institutions, in that case, Minhaj, who is in charge of um, certifying um, the product, checking if the entire structure is in compliance with the Sharia rules. But not only the Sharia rules, as I said, we are also focusing 
on ethical compliance. Sometimes um, people offer um, gold as an investment, but do not really um, look behind the supply chain. And this is not the case here. Um, we, we really care about the supply chain. And to add this, um, another opportunity is that Inaya will um, start offering um, a silver product as well um, in the beginning of the next year. Um, we believe that silver has high potential, especially um, the prices for silver are very low right now. Um, the demand is, um, I would say, average, um, but the potential of silver is amazing. Um, if you imagine that there is less silver in the world available than gold, uh, and um, it's quite demanded from the industry, so uh, therefore we believe that this is a quite interesting um, in investment which will uh, follow in the next upcoming months. So obviously you guys are doing a lot. So you started with a gold product. Now you're looking, uh, you've, you're, now you're offering you know, investment funds and you're looking at providing financing. What ultimately is the vision for Inaya? Like what do you hope Inaya could become? Yeah, so when it comes to um, the vision and uh, mission from uh, Inaya, then we can say Inaya empowers people um, to realize their financial goals and desires. And this in accordance with um, ethical values. We're talking about the um, Islamic values here. But in a wider sense, of course, uh, not only for Muslim population. We have to add that we have a lot of non-Muslims um, who share um, um, the values with uh, Muslim uh, customers. And for this, we, we um, really try to develop um, new products, ethically certified uh, products, which are um, demand-oriented, and this hopefully in a customer-centric um, ecosystem, which means um, when we look at Inaya, then we have um, some pillars, um, some keywords where we have a high concentration. This is on the one hand, customer service, and on the other hand, to understand the demand of the customer. And because of this, um, of course, we've seen um, different inquiries from customer perspective, and so therefore, when we share um, that there is a demand for, for a certain product, then we definitely um, try to find a solution there. And this is the way how Inaya works. Definitely. Uh, I can maybe just add that um, our primary goal is, is to cover um, the financial needs um, of, of customers and to be the one place that a customer knows, okay, I'm... Uh, anything I need on the financial side to be covered uh, is available here. Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN Podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.